kind enough, both great and small, true histories touching on nobility, and also holiness, and yes, morality. Blameth not me, if that you choose amiss. The miller is a churl, low class, you well know this, so was the reeve, and also others too, and dirty stories told they both the two. And so be warned, and don't go blaming me, for men should not take jokes too seriously. The Miller's Tale at once there was dwelling in Oxenford a, a rich bloke who took lodgers into board, and by trade he was a carpenter. And with him there was dwelling a poor scholar. He'd studied liberal arts, but all his fantasy was turned on how to learn astrology. There were certain operations that he knew for calculating scientifically and true if people asked him at specific hours whether men should have drought or else showers, or, or if men asked him what should be full of everything. I, I can't count them all. This student's name was Noble Nicholas. The secrets of love he knew, a real athlete, but there too was he sly and most discreet and like a maiden, meeker for to see. A chamber had he in that hostelry, alone without any company, elegantly strewn with herbs so sweet, and he himself as sweet as is a root of licorice or, or any Asian spice. His alchemy and books of various size, the astrolabe he needed for his art, his divining stones were all kept well apart on shelves that he kept at his bed's head, his cupboard covered was with cloth of red, and all above there lay a gay psaltery, on which at night he would make melody. A psaltery was a kind of zither, on which he would make melody so sweetly that all the chamber rang, and the angel to the virgins what he sang, and after that he sang the king's note. Full often blessed was his lovely throat. And thus this sweet clerk his time he spent, with what his friends provided and his rent. His rent actually means his income. This carpenter had wedded new a wife, which that he loved more than his own life. Of barely eighteen years she was of age. Jealous he was, and held her narrow in cage, for she was wild and young, and he was old, and deemed himself to be like a cuckerwold. He knew not Cato, for his wit was rude, who bade a man should wed his similitude. Men should be wedded after their estate, for youth and age is often in debate. But since that he was fallen in the snare, he must endure, as other folk his care. Fair was this younger wife, and therewithal as any weasel, a body slim and small. A belt she wore with decorative strips of silk, an apron too as white as morning milk upon her hips, and pleated. Furthermore, white was her undershift, and embroidered all before, behind as well, and on a collar all about with coal black silk within as well without. The ribbons on her white cap were of the same kind as a collar, her headband broad of silk and set full high, and certainly she had a lecherous eye. Full finely plucked were her eyebrows too, and they were arched and black as any slow. Of course, when he says black as any slow, he means it's like a slow berry, like you know, things you make slow gin with. 
She was full more blissful for the sea than is the early ripening new pear tree, and softer than the wool is of a weather, as a castrated male sheep. And by her girdle hung a purse of leather, tasseled with silk and studded with latoon, sort of, sort of brass. In all this world, to seek it up and down, there is no man so wise that he could thench such a pretty doll or such a wench. A thench means to imagine, so uh, it's actually lovely what they say in the original. He says, there is no man so wise that he could thench so gay a popolot or such a wench. Full brighter was the shining of her hue than in the mint a golden coin forged new. But of her soul it was as loud and yearn, as eager, as any swallow sitting on a barn. There, too, could she skip and make a game, as any kid or calf following his dame. Her mouth was sweet as honey ale or mead.